You're listening to Dolly Parton, that be me, on Iconography. I'm Keith Price, and this is Iconography, Dolly Parton. Dolly saw a dream become a reality in 1986 with the opening of her own theme park called Dollywood. In 1988, she began the Dollywood Foundation that currently funds the Dolly Parton Imagination Library across America and in Canada. Some would believe that it's probably because Dolly really truly recognizes the importance of reading due to the people in her life and her upbringing. This library gives every preschool child a book each month from the time he or she is born until the child reaches kindergarten. Long respected for her instinctive business savvy, Dolly established Velvet Apple Music early in her career, and now she owns the copyrights and the publishing rights for her vast songwriting empire. She owns her own successful record label. She's transitioned her flair for making hit music into producing hit movies and television shows when she established Sand Dollar Productions. And she's made the transition from a backwood Barbie to a true business mogul. People think of you as Dolly the singer, Dolly Parton the singer, but I don't think people get Dolly Parton the business mogul because you're like one of your first num- songs, like Dumb Blonde, is so not you. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, actually, that song says, just because I'm blonde, don't think I'm dumb because this dumb blonde ain't nobody's fool. Just because I'm That was back before all the dumb blonde jokes and all that came along. Uh, That was back in, what, 65, Mm -hmm. 66, somewhere there, uh, that that song came out. But anyway, um, I like doing business. I get that from my daddy's side of the family. Now, my daddy's people worked like dogs. My mother's people were very creative and inventive, and as most creative people, you'd rather sit around and write a song and not get out and get a real job, or you don't really work well on a real job because you don't think like that. My daddy was strong in his hands and in his back and in his mind, and so I got a lot of that from my dad. My dad didn't get a chance to go to school, get an education, and the fact that he couldn't read and write didn't keep him from doing the kind of business that he needed to do horse trading, that old, you know, bartering, you know, whatever you have to do to make ends meet. He, he knew how to run his farm, grow his tobacco, work side jobs, do whatever he had to do, how to trade. And, to, you know, my daddy was really smart. So I get a lot of that from my daddy, and I'm willing to work. I'm a very early bird. My daddy was too, so I'm usually up early, early, early working on things for most people get out of the bed. I heard, the rumor I heard was that you're up by 1 a.m., usually 1 Well, sometimes two. I am, but I'm always up by 3. It all depends. Now, I go to bed early, too. It's kind of, I kind of go by that early to bed, early to rise, old mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know how wise I am, but it's like, <laughs> help me in a lot of ways, but it's, I, what really makes that so for me 
But even if I don't get to bed till late, I still wake up early. And I get a lot of work done while the energies are calm in the world. I feel like I can, I got a clear channel to God. That's when I usually do my spiritual work, some of my planning and dreaming. And so I get a lot of work done before most people even get to their offices in the morning. So I'm ready to rock. I'm ready to have some stuff to throw out there. Not, well, you know, you're nine to five. I think you should revise that to like one to, to noon. Uh-huh. <laughs> one a.m. Yeah. to noon to make it work. But I, I wake up early and I, and I love my mornings. But my dad was like that. My point was that you got to get up early and work late. you got to stay at it to get it done. Most captains of industry would agree that in order to be highly successful, mistakes and failures have to happen. And as successful as Dolly Parton is, she's not afraid to admit that there's been a few mistakes along the way, even in her successful career. I was thinking that you have all of these great things that are going on, these great enterprises, these great businesses. What was like one of the biggest mistakes you ever made business-wise? Well, there's a few things. Probably one of the more public failures uh, was the Dolly Variety TV show I did many years ago. 70s, But so, uh, no, it was in the 80s. 80s. 80s, Yeah, see, I did have a very early Dolly show, very one out of Nashville, and that was a a success for what it was and what it was meant to be. That was the first Dolly show where I used to come down on the swing and all that, and that was fun to do. That didn't last forever. But it was when... when Variety Television had died away and all there was still a lot of great people in California that still loved and missed it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was going to do a show, but a variety show for me, but it got all out of my hands and all the people that had done Variety all those years thought, oh, wow, we're back at it and we got, we'll use the same people. So they, for, I think I f- that we lost sight of me. Uh, and what I could have brought as a country girl and doing something unique and completely different rather than trying to just redo with me hosting an old variety-type show. So that show got a lot of... uh, I made a lot of money from doing the show, the initial deal, but there was so much hype, so much pressure, and uh, we didn't live up to the hype. But the first show got huge ratings, and then it just dropped from there on down because... We couldn't keep up with what it was because I couldn't do what they wanted me to do, and they didn't see what I needed to do. So that kind of fell through the cracks, and that's when you fail on that large of a scale. But any time I've ever done anything that went against my gut, it don't work. If I follow my gut, I'm never wrong. But there's been a two or three times in my life that I've let other people kind of, whether it be managers or people that kind of just, Talk, not talk into it, but just the pressure's so great, you just think, oh, what the hell? You know, I'll just go ahead and do that just to get everybody to shut up, but I know better. I know better than to do that. But anyhow, so, but I, even, even at that, I don't really look at things in my life as a failure, even though that was, did not, was not a success. Let's put it that way. Even though it was not a success, it was not a failure because I learned so much from it. Learned to never listen to other people or to let them tell me how to be me. Exactly. Nobody can tell me how to be me, and if you don't see me, then you're not going to be able to compliment me with the things that we could have done. I still think I could have had a show if it had been right, but I always pray every day for God to lead me and to bring the right things and the right people in. So when things even look like they are a failure, I try to find the God stuff in that 
that maybe I was supposed to go through that so I'll know something more and better about something else that might be far more important down the line. Would you say that you are pro-gay marriage? Because your background would say otherwise. Oh, I know that's true. I always say, well, sure, why can't they get married? They should suffer like the rest of us do. (laughs) Artists in the entertainment industry have often shied away from making their religious belief and affiliations known due to the backlash that often ensues. Many members of the LGBT population will agree that they are constantly the target of attacks by people with this so-called belief. Although Ms. Parton never shies away from telling the world that she's a Christian, she still manages to remind all of us what it means to be one. I hear it in your speech, and I, I know being someone who grew up in the church as well, and I understand that, especially in the once you move out, I guess, into the more secular world, you notice that there are things that people tell you in that period that when you look at the rest of the world, you don't necessarily see it the same way. How has that for you been, I mean, your comments about gay marriage and stuff like that are very, very well known for lots of us in the community, but how do you reconcile your spirituality with the things that people are telling you about, well, the things about us that people are saying, how do you recognize that our love for you hasn't changed and how do you still manage to find love for us as folks of the LGBT community? Well, I think that, to me, the people that do the criticizing, first of all, I am not God. I am not a judge. I mean, we are all part and pieces of God. I mean, he, we are uh, his children, and we all belong to him. But it gets me that people just won't let people be themselves. I mean, people are who they are. They, people can't help being who they are, and that's between them and God. That If that is who they are, that has got to be, I mean, how can that be wrong? So I don't judge it. I don't try to. I, I got enough to deal with trying to live my own life than to point a finger at somebody else and say, you're going to hell because you like a boy or you're going to hell because you kissed a girl or whatever. I mean, I, mean, the, I, I just don't. I've got enough going on in my life that I'm not going to pass no judgment on you and don't pass none on me. I just accept people because I think we're supposed to be more Christ-like, those of us that grow up in the church. We're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to love each other no matter what. We're not the judge. God's going to deal with that, you know, anyway. So I just know that the heart, I try to find the God core and that little God chord in every single person and love the God light in them. I look for the God light, and it is in every single one of us. So I just try to love that, and I just I just wish we could just love each other. I think some people point fingers and accuse and judge because they got so much going on in their own life. If they can place enough pressure on you, uh, it'll take the pressure off of them. So anyway, it just... I just don't think we're supposed to judge and criticize and condemn. We're supposed to love and care for one another. When a celebrity is not afraid to stand up for what they believe is right, they often suffer the consequences. It ruins their relationships with advertisers, moviegoers, music buyers, and even with death threats. Miss Parton still stays strong. I remember during the Transamerica song period how... Some of those people just were so vicious when they were coming for you and wanting to threaten in your lives. And 
I just, I, I don't have any understanding for that. How do you, well, you make I that was, work? I have to make it work because, see, God gave me a talent to write songs. He didn't say, you can write about this and don't write about that one. You know, I write. And that's what I said. Hey, I was asked to write this. I feel this. I feel, I, I saw the movie. I felt for that person. And I thought, oh, my God, that would just be, you know, to not be able to. I can't imagine not being able to be myself, to not be me, to not be loved or to be crucified and, and criticized for everything I did. I mean, it's hard enough when I get criticized when I got so much going for me. It hurts my feelings. It hurts me bad. I can only imagine if somebody's just getting, you know, just beat down all the time, being bullied or or mistreated because of this or that. So, I mean, I can't care to that that degree. I pray all the time about it, and I just ask God to handle it. And that's all I can do. I'm just going to have to be me. And if that ain't good enough, then if you blow my brains out for that, so be it. Hopefully God will take me in his arms and uh, take me on to heaven if that happens. But I can't help the crazy people in the world. Yeah, I love them, too. That's what my mama used to say, too. You just have to love them. That's all you can do. If you take it on, it's not going to help you, and it certainly ain't going to help them. No, because they don't even know what they're doing. It's just like that statement that Jesus made. You know, forgive them. They know not what they do. You have to look at it like that. Or that's how I get by. Yeah. It's it's just, uh, for me, I find that, um, like, when you're in that place of fame that you have, that it makes you certainly an instant target when you say things that some people in your fan base disagree with. You wouldn't, you'd be surprised, because, see, I'm also in the business. I live in the Bible Belt, and I run Family Park, the Family Park with Dollywood, and I, I work with the Imagination Library with children. I mean, but what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to... Just say the things that some people want me to say and say something somebody else wants me to say or just say what comes out of my heart and out of my mouth and hope for the best. That's all I know to do. I try not to have to speak on such things. I don't like being put on a spot with this stuff. You know, people always want me to be the poster child for something. It don't make it easy, but I just try to have enough love to overcome it. Well, you know, your love is what gets a lot of us through a lot of things. Iconography Dolly Parton returns, Ms. Dolly shows how believing in herself and knowing what she wants truly made her the star that we know now. She also gives a little insight into the loss of Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson. But above all of this, I wish you love. 